Merry Christmas. Some of some y'all real proud of yourselves down here, aren't you? They decided they'd come up with some interesting eyewear to uh, wear on the front row for me tonight. I pre- I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. That uh, that you, yeah, why not? What the heck? Thank you, buddy. It's uh, good to get to be with you tonight. Uh, if you are joining online, I'm sorry that you're not here to witness what I'm witnessing because. Uh, uh, the craziest part of tonight so far has been that the room was 75% full with 20 minutes before the start of the service, and I'm pretty sure that that's not only a record for 24 Church, that is a Christmas miracle from the Lord. Um, <clears throat> some were always late as usual, though, still, so, you know, and we, we know which ones you are because you're sitting on the floor or standing on a wall, so... Uh, no, it is, it is good to have you here. It's good to have kids playing in the aisles. Isn't it good to have kids playing in our aisles? I love having kids playing in our aisles. Unless it's my kid, then my kid's in trouble for playing in the aisles. So it's, uh, it's hard to believe that Christmas is here, but yet I've been listening. Don't ask, don't ask too many questions, but I've been listening to the Beach Boys a lot lately. And, uh, and they had a song, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, well, it's called Little St. Nick. And, and, and the chorus of the song goes, Ooh, Merry Christmas, St. Nick. And it's actually talking about St. Nick being the sleigh, okay? And it's referring to the sleigh like it's a hot rod because this is the Beach Boys and it was 1963. And uh, some of you made it through 1963. Uh, we're glad to have you with us tonight. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I, I, love, I love the Beach Boys. But anyway, one of the lines in the song is... Christmas time comes, let's see, what's that? Christmas comes this time each year. And I, I found myself driving around for a week going, Christmas comes this time each year. And so every time somebody goes, man, I can't believe it's Christmas, I'm going, well, the Beach Boys have been telling us since 1963 <laughs> that it comes this time each year, every year. But yeah, I get it. It's, uh, it's good to be with you guys, good to be with the church. And, uh, uh, good to spend some time worshiping together. These guys will be back, and you'll be glad to get rid of me, and that'll be fine. Um, I want to share a passage with you. 1 John 4, 1 John 4, verse 8. And in 1 John 4, verse 8, it says this. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. You know, I hear words, when I hear the word, a word like perfected in scripture, that speaks to me in a little bit different way to understand and to think uh, that somewhere along through history that God decided uh, before our creation that he was going to do something in us and through us that would be what we know as love and that it would be perfected in us is unbelievable to me. 
I mean, only God could choose to do something like that and to do it that way. And that God would be made known through us and work through us and be glorified through us, which, by the way, is the whole purpose of our existence. If you've been looking for a purpose in your life, it is that God is glorified through us, that he's made known through us, his love being perfected in us in the lives of others. There's so many opportunities that we have as believers to allow him to do that. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight, maybe, maybe you're not close to God right now, if you're just being honest. Maybe it seems crazy that there's people that go to church a lot, that are a part of a church, and that they are doing this thing of gathering and worshiping, and you're thinking, why in the world do they do that? I want to tell you why we do it. We do it because we're seeking a closer relationship with our Savior, that we're growing in Him, that we're being changed by Him, that He would use us. This body of believers in particular, I can't speak for every body of believers, but I can speak for this body of believers in particular, feels especially called to the community in which God has put us in, that, that we would be a part of seeing God change people's lives, people that are rich, people that are poor, people that think they've got it all together, people that are struggling with addiction, all the things. If you want to be a part of something like that, we'd love to have you. But tonight we come as this reminder, this anticipation that we've been talking about the last couple weeks here on Sundays, just as so many had anticipated a Messiah to come, we too every year celebrate through Advent the anticipation of celebrating that he did come and that we celebrate his birth. As I read Luke 2, verse 1, it says this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first uh, registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away 
from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it and made known the saying that he had been told them concerning this child and all who had wondered, who, who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Wasn't an accident. None of it was an accident. It was God's will that though Christ was rich, that yet he would for our sake become poor. The no vacancy signs over the motels in Bethlehem were for our sake, not his. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, for your sake he became poor. For your sake he became poor. I hope that you know Jesus. I hope that you understand that while we do this and while we sing all these things is for one reason. And that one reason is that God sent his son, that love came down to us, that God came to us in the form of man, fully man and yet fully God at the same time, to be the savior that we needed to be able to pay the price that we deserved for our sin. Not just for clever Beach Boy songs, but those are nice too. But Jesus came to save. Jesus came to save sinners. We were sitting, eating lunch today, and one of the kids, one of my young kids, said uh, something about, you know, well, what about somebody that's a robber? You wouldn't, you wouldn't help them or something, right? And I stopped. It was a perfect opportunity. And I said, Jesus did. Jesus does. I don't know where you are today in your walk with the Lord, but he came to save the thief that was on the cross next to him. And he'll save you too if you believe. And if you don't know what it means to believe, I'd love to talk to you before you leave tonight because that's the greatest present that we have ever been given in our entire lives. I'm going to pray right now and ask God to show us what it looks like to trust in him and to understand even better his love coming down to us. God, I pray right now, Lord, for anyone that's never trusted to believe in you and what you've done through your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that tonight, God, if that's where they are, Lord, that they wouldn't hang their hat, Lord, on the church attendance of their past or the good deeds that they've done in this world. But instead, Lord, I pray that tonight they would cry out to you and say, God, I need you. God, I see the need for you to forgive me of my sin. God, I see the need for a savior in my life. God, I need you. I need Jesus. God, do the work in their heart that only you can do. Lord, I pray that you would save them right now. Lord, if they're praying that prayer, if they're asking these things, if they mean it in their hearts, 
God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to trust in you, believe in you, be saved by you tonight. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us, but especially for sending your love down to us, rich to become poor on our behalf, that we may trust in him, that he would be enough. God, thank you for Jesus. We ask this tonight in his name. Amen.